Hi there and welcome to the first ever episode of Iconic Tonic. Thank you for listening. Uh, just to give you an insight, uh, my name is Craig O'Connor. I am a nearly 26-year-old man who has never seen anything geeky. I've never seen any Marvel films, Star Wars, Star Trek, anything like that. Um, so this is a podcast dedicated to me watching these movies for the first time. And I'm going to be breaking them down, giving some insights into them. So today I am going to be starting off with the first bit of Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope, because I've advised that you need to start Episode 4 for some reason, which already pisses me off, because why is it not one? Obviously I don't have the rose-tinted aspect that a lot of other people do growing up with these movies, so I apologise if I shit on your doorstep a little bit. Um, but it will be fun, it's hopefully going to be interesting. If you have any questions or anything, make sure to follow me on Twitter at IconicTonicPod. So that's IconicTonicPod. Also, just in case anyone's interested, IconicTonicPod is also the username for my Patreon account. So, you know, send me money, woohoo, I won't say no. Uh, take money from anyone, really. Uh, I'm one step away from prostitution, let's be honest. And quickly before we begin, I just want to apologise that this episode is coming out a couple of days later than planned. That's just due to scheduling conflicts with my work life. But next week we are on schedule to be released on Sunday. So, on with the podcast! Hi there and welcome to the first ever episode of the Iconic Tonic Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about A New Hope, episode 4 in the Star Wars series. Uh, first thing I want to say is uh, I hope you liked my theme tune to the podcast this week. Uh, I actually wrote that myself, but if any of you out there are budding musicians and you want to add your little twist, I am more than happy to receive you playing certain parts of my theme tune. I'm happy to send you over the sheet music because uh, I would love more than anything to get loads of cool recordings of loads of different instruments playing through the sheet music and I can compile them together and make one giant theme tune made out of loads of instruments. So if you're out there and you play an instrument, drop me a Twitter account, a Twitter tweet, tweet, that's the word, drop me a tweet at IconicTonicPod and get me in touch with what instrument you play and I can send you over the sheet music and you can jam to it, do whatever you want. Uh, meanwhile, back to the task in hand. So today I am watching the first section of A New Hope, episode four. My first question is, why is it episode four? Why, why do we start episode four? Obviously, I am completely new to the Star Wars universe. The only things that I know is stuff that is out there, readily available, watching parodies and things like Family Guy predominantly, let's be honest, uh, and stuff that you hear like, Luke, I am your father, that's all I know. And before you start tweeting me, I know that that's not actually the quote in the film, wherever that comes up. Um, but today out there, if you have any super fans out there or anything, uh, and you want to correct me or name things that I know, please, please drop me a tweet. Because uh, I would really appreciate it, I want to learn more, but obviously don't give me any spoilers, don't tell me anything that I don't already know in terms of what's going to happen with the plot, the storyline, or if a character dies or something. Uh, so, first things first, music starts, it shows the um, 20th Century Fox logo and Lucasfilm, and it goes silent, and I thought for a second my speakers were broken, so I turned it up full blast. When suddenly the music kicks in, and I'm not going to lie to you, it scared the shit out of me, 
But I have to say, good branding by Star Wars, straight away. Smacking you with the Star Wars branding. Everyone loves a good brand. Um, just ask Minnie Cart, she'll tell you. Brown Cow's stunning. Um, so, really good branding straight away. Uh, another thing I have to say, lots of reading. Wasn't preparing for this, but there is lots and lots of reading at the beginning of the film. Lots of long words about galactic and space and things like that. First thing it says is, it is a period of civil war. The first thing that came to my head was, hashtag Brexit. Uh, basically, the gist of the text is that it's a story of good versus evil. Uh, that there is uh, people out there that have got the plans to what is called the Death Star. Now, Death Star is written in capital letters, therefore, I'm going to assume very important. Um, and it says that it has enough power to destroy an, an entire planet. First thing that came to my head then, hashtag Trump with the nuclear codes, like, really going for it. Now, it says that the Rebel Alliance has stolen these plans to the Death Star and they've given it to Princess Leia to look after and she's withholding all of this information. I have a question about this. First off the bat, right, why is it Princess Leia? Like, she's a princess. Clearly people are going to fucking know who she is. Like, I'm not being funny. Imagine, like, we had secret plans to the Russians and that they were planning to give us a nuclear... They were planning to drop a nuclear bomb on us over here in Britain and we went, do you know who we're going to give the plans to? We're going to give them to Kate Middleton. No one else. Just Kate Middleton, you know, someone that's photographed all the time and is in the papers all the time. Or, do you know what, even Meghan Markle, because the press at the minute seem to fucking love that she's pregnant and that they're taking pictures and commenting on how she holds her baby bump all the time. Imagine Meghan Markle having the secrets to Russia's nuclear bombs. Have everyone in the country. Why? No, no, no. Give it to some bloke from MI5 that no one's ever heard of so that he can slip under the radar. Do not give it to someone that is in the news every fucking day. Don't do it. Right. So then what happens is you do a bit more reading and the words fly off into the distance. Now my question about this is, do the words keep flying into space? Are they just going to keep flying? Are they going to... Because obviously this is set in a different um, galaxy to ours. Well, it's a galaxy far, far away. Um, is it going to fly into the Milky Way at some point? Are they going to stream through? Are they going to hit the sun? Hubble telescope? Going to get a picture of them? Who knows? Um, right, and then we go straight into a fight scene. Descends over a planet and there's a couple of ships go in and they're firing at each other. Question number one. Why can we hear them fight? I have a very basic grasp of science and physics. But I know that you cannot create sound in a vacuum. In space, no one can hear you scream. So why can we hear the music? Why can we hear them fight? John Williams would be dead at this point. I'd like to point that out. So then we go in and we're on board one of the spaceships. Now, I assumed it was the larger one, but it's not. It's the smaller one. And we meet the gay robot couple, C-3PO and R2-D2. That's his name. Um, and, yeah, you, you learn that they're under attack. Uh, people are trying to hide the princess and protect her. Um, and what happens is they all get into a fight and then the small ship kind of gets absorbed. So the one that Princess Leia and the robots are on, they get absorbed by this large ship. And then the extras are like, oh, what's going on? And some very good solid acting by some extras there. I have to say they look well confused. Enter the big white guys. From what I can remember, I think they're called stormtroopers. They might be something else, but I think they're stormtroopers. And literally they're like, two feet away after they blast down the door, but everyone that's on the good side can't seem to shoot them. I think one of them gets hit, everyone else just dies. Uh, 
Um, and then they're literally fighting down a hallway, right? And C-3PO and R2-D2, <coughs> they literally cross the line of fire. And they're going slow, man. Like, they're going, like, really goddamn slow. And they don't get hit. Don't quite understand that one. So then, enter Darth Vader. Straight away. Boom. Dramatic music. Nobody's messing around here. He's well straight in with the shot. Like, could you imagine? Like, first bit of Harry Potter. Voldemort enters straight away. Like, straight in with the bad guy. Good shout, I have to say. Then we flash to a shot of Carrie Fisher talking to R2-D2. Carrie Fisher, bless her. One of the best people I know from these films. Only because I've seen her on QI. And she was fabulous and funny on that. And we only see her for like five seconds and then five seconds a couple of minutes later on but she looks stunning I will give her that um, then they get worried that they're going to get sent to Spice Mines of Kessel now I want to know what this is I hope this comes up later in the series because I want to know what the Spice Mines of Kessel are what are they mining are we talking spice like the new wave drug are we talking spice like cinnamon or are we talking spice like you know Spice Girls new album going on tour next year who knows so I want to hear more about these Spice Mines of Kessel. So basically, Stormtroopers, or I'm going to call them Stormtroopers, and if I'm wrong, I'm sorry you're all going to tweet me, but I'm going to call them Stormtroopers for now. The white guys, the guys in the white suit, the Stormtroopers, they've won. They've ever run the ship. And Darth Vader enters, and he's just all after these plans, and he starts strangling this guy. Now the guy, I have to give this extra full-blown credit, because he has such an over-dramatic death. Darth Vader throws him against the wall, and he hits the wall and rolls over and he dies like three different times in a two second shot. This extra, my new hero. Um, they capture Princess Leia, but the stormtroopers seem to have no idea who she is. They're just like, oh, we caught someone, tell Darth Vader we've got a prisoner. But then they drag her to him and it turns out they all know that she is Princess Leia. So I don't know why they're like, we've got Princess Leia, but yeah, either way. So he seems to know who she is, and the robots have run away, they're getting that Death not the Death Star, that's something else. What's it called? The Eject Pod thing. Uh, they get in there, and they run away, and they fly away. Now while that's happening, uh, we see a conversation between Darth Vader and Princess Leia. Now, can I please just say, far too many close-ups of Darth Vader. Far too many. He's wearing a plastic helmet. That shit don't move. Like, it doesn't at all. And he keeps showing close-ups of his face like his expression is going to change. It's a plastic helmet. It's not going to do anything. So then they have a conversation and she's like, I'm not going to tell you anything. And he's like, yes, you will. No, I won't. Yes, you will. And Darth Vader and this crony of his walk away. Don't know what the guy's name is. Don't know if he's important or if he's just an extra. I guess we'll find out later. And um, he basically says, yeah, she's not going to tell you anything either way. Like, she'd die before she tells you anything, and he's like, oh, we'll see about that. So, basically, he plans to torture the fuck out of Leia. Now, <laughs> we then shoot to um, R2-D2 and C-3PO after they've landed in this emergency escape pod. And literally, in my notes, all I have written is, exterior, Texas. So, yeah, basically, it's a desert. Um, and can I just say, at this point, R2-D2 is the hero of the series for me. He seems to know what the hell's going on. Don't speak English. Everyone seems to understand him, though. And he knows everything that's going on, and he's got the 
a secret message from Leia. I don't know what it is, but we know that she was loading her up with something. And C-3PO, can I just say, is a bit of a bitch to him. Like, a full-blown, like, little bit of abusive relationship going on here. Like, R2-D2, I've been in that situation before, mate. Get out. Get out. He's being verbally and abusive to you. Just get away from it while you can. And I say that just as I was watching the film and they go their separate ways and they split up. So good for R2-D2. Going on to find a better life. Uh, and then we cut to C-3PO walking away and he's in his end all world walking away and he realises, shit, I can't do this on my own. And there's a big, giant, like, snake skeleton behind him. Don't quite know what it's the skeleton of. Um, but I've made a note of that because if memory serves me well from reading and watching the Harry Potter books and films as a kid, it's the little minor things in the background you pay attention to because they come up later. So I've got a giant snake-like skeleton in the background come back later, in my notes, uh, and C-3PO is just like, they're lost, calling for help. And then suddenly you, something drives by, you don't know what, but he's like, hey, give me a lift, give me a lift. We then go to R2-D2, and there's some really cool shots of him walking through what looks like kind of the Grand Canyon, and all the shots are taken from someone else's perspective, like looking through the rocks and everything at him. Really cool shots there, some really great cool ones. Uh, but then these guys pop out of nowhere and don't really know what they are. They've just got red eyes with like brown hoods, like wearing burlap sacks. Uh, and they shoot R2-D2 and he lets out the most adorable scream. So not only is he the hero of the series so far, he's the most adorable of the series so far. Like the scream he lets out is so cute. Um, but I want to point out these little things, whatever they are, with the red eyes and the burlap sacks, they sound like the mice from Cinderella. And I hope I'm not alone in this. If you agree, please send it out. Let me know. Because to me, the way they talk sounds like any minute they're going to go, Cinderella, Cinderella, night and day, it's Cinderella. Like, seriously, that is exactly how they sound. And if you've never seen Cinderella, please just YouTube Cinderella, the song, and you'll see they sound exactly the same. So then they pick him up and they carry him to this giant, like, tank thing and they put him by a tube they do something to his belly at some point no idea what that is but then they suck him up this tube and he goes into this big room where there's loads of robots um so so far in this film we have met more robots than people i swear uh, and in here there's like a bin robot and then there's one that looks just like wally which really confused me um there's a few others as well and then suddenly c3po is there and they basically do their kiss and makeup thing but suddenly the tank goes on the move Meanwhile, Darth Vader's men are searching the planet also because they know that this escape pod has come down and they reckon that Leia has put the secret plans directly onto the escape pod. Um, and with no life forms on board, they're just looking for the pod because they think the plans are just hidden in the pod itself. And they start searching the, uh, the planet. Now, just want to say this now, if I'm a stormtrooper and I'm sent down to this planet, I want to be one of these guys that gets to ride around on a giant friggin' iguana. How damn cool does that look? Forget walking around in the arid desert, like hot as hell. I want to ride a giant iguana, mate, because them things don't need to drink. They live in the desert, so they're in their element. Imagine what you could do on that thing. I want that job. So next, it turns out that they have <clears throat> found this pod that they escaped in. And then they see all these tracks, and they're like, oh, the tracks lead this way. This point, a stormtrooper pops up from the guard and says, 
Look, sir. Droid. Now, question I have about this moment. Is it meant to look like he was sucking the boss off? Because he definitely stands up all of a sudden with what looks like a cock ring in his hand to say, look, sir, droid. Very questionable taste level here. Um, and then my other question about these stormtroopers now is, do we ever get to see what's under their helmets? I really want to know. That's bugging me now. And if we don't ever get to see them and I have to sit through however many films there are that are Star Wars based and I never get to see what's under one of their helmets, I'm going to be super pissed off. Because I'd like to imagine they've got some funky, cool-ass shit under their, like, mouths, like the mouth from Alien and weird shit. That's what I want. Anyway, back to the story on board the tank. R2-D2 is sleeping. Boss. Life-threatening danger. Just been attacked by the mice from Cinderella. I'm going to have a nap. Great going. Ask my other half. He'll tell you I love a nap. I love a nap. So I'm on board with R2 even more now. But then suddenly the Cinderella mice get on board and they grab C-3PO and R2-D2. They take them uh, to Mark Hamill, who I have to say was very much a looker back in the day. I've only ever seen him do interviews and stuff recently with the promos for all the new Disney Star Wars films. And yeah, Mark Hamill back in the day, hell of a looker. Um, and very interesting to know that as Luke Skywalker, this is a character who lives with his aunt and uncle, doesn't really know much about his backstory with his parents, they live on a farm in the middle of nowhere with some strong weather patterns. Now, I'm not saying there's a lot of gay references here, but we've already had someone sucking dick, and now we've got the Wizard of Oz. All for this life. All for this life. I can see why the gays love Star Wars so much. Um, then they start talking to C-3PO and they're trying to basically buy C-3PO and R2-D2 from the uh, Cinderella mice. And C-3PO, we learn that his primary purpose is to be polite, if I'm understanding that correctly. His says here, I've got in my notes, I can't remember where it says now, C-3PO is a human cyborg. He's in charge of human-cyborg relations. Now, can I ask, what does that mean? Is that someone that's... Is his job just to make sure that robots and humans get on better, or what? His his primary function is exactly to be polite. He knows every custom. Is his job just basically to be there if you host, like, a formal gala and make sure everything is polite and done proper? Like, if so, I need him at some parties I've been to. I've got very drunk at some engagement parties and weddings before. I need a C-3PO in my life. Um, and then we meet someone that they just refer to as Red and is he just like an old R2-D2? They refer to him as an R2 unit which I'm guessing is like a make or a brand but is he just like an old version of R2-D2? Um, and then R2-D2 kicks up a fuss because he's like no you're taking C-3PO away and the Cinderella mice just attack him with a remote control and he shuts down pretty cool, need that for some people but don't turn off R2-D2 he's a boss so, uh, Luke's pretty impressed by the battles that C-3PO and uh, R2-D2 have been through because obviously he eventually adopts them and they work on their farm. And for these robots that have been through all these random like fights and battles, now their job is to do something to do with humidifiers and evaporators and stuff. Uh, and then he has a bit of a fiddle with R2-D2 and he sees Princess Leia. One thing I will say... CGI in this movie, considering it was released in the 70s, very good. That message from Princess Leia looks very good. I couldn't do better, and I'm pretty tech-savvy as is. Uh, now, C-3PO says he can't remember Princess Leia. Now, 
he remembers his previous master as someone of importance and he recognises her but he can't remember her. Is this just a ploy or does he genuinely not remember? And if so, he's a crap at his job as human-cyborg relations because surely his job is to remember all this etiquette and he should remember a fucking princess because she's the peak of etiquette, surely. Uh, so yeah, and then we see that Luke really fancies Leia. As far as I can remember, aren't they like brother and sister or twins or cousins or something so a little bit weird there but obviously if you're watching this for the first time in the cinema or in the 70s you're never going to know that uh, and then he's like oh it's um, who's this for and R2-D2 is like oh it's for Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke is like hmm could he mean Ben Kenobi they are the same fucking name I'm not being funny it's for any other gays out there it's like saying hmm Vanessa Vanji Mateo I wonder if that could mean Miss Vanji I wonder. Just stupid. But classic trope of, you know, old war hero, comes back, lives in the middle of nowhere, basically is a hermit that everyone's a little bit afraid of and doesn't want to talk to, but actually a really interesting old man. Uh, if you learn anything from this, I urge you, please, some point in your life, just spend one afternoon in an old people's home and talk to the old people, because the stories that they can give you is fabulous. Like, really go for it. Um, they're so much fun. So please... And some of these people don't have people in their lives, and I'm sorry to go a bit political on you, but they don't not have anyone in their lives, so please, I urge you, just go and talk to an old person at your local old people's home, because you will learn a lot from them, and they can tell you stuff that you would never know before, and they will get a lot from it, because you're giving them company, and someone to respect, and someone to talk to, and have a friend, essentially. And I tell you now, some of the old people that lived in the old people's home with my granddad before he passed away, were amazingly brilliant people with great stories. So please, 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 I urge you do the same. Go and talk to some people in old people's homes. So anyway, back to the story. Uh, R2-D2 acts like a boss bitch here. He just basically wants Luke to clean him up. And he says, oh, I'll do you a deal. If you clean me up, I'll show you the rest of the message. And boss bitch in him, Luke gets him cleaned up and he's just like, nah, joking. So fucking on par for R2, still love him. Uh, then we hear Aunt Peru or Veru yelling to Luke to come to dinner. Now my question is, Aunt Peru like the country or Aunt Veru like Veruca Salt? Um, hoping it's the latter, would love the idea that Veruca Salt grows up wanting everything and eventually lives on a farm in the middle of nowhere with some bloke called Owen and a nephew called Luke. But I can't work out if it's Peru like the country or Veru like Veruca Salt. Uh, and no one seems to like R2-D2. Luke doesn't like him anymore because he bitched him over. And C-3PO, back to being verbally abusive, is like, no, I don't like you either. I don't know what you're on about. Sad times, sad times. Uh, and then they cut to a shot of Luke sitting at the dinner table with his aunt and uncle, uh, with Veruca Salt and Owen. And he's like, hmm, Obi-Wan, could it be old Ben? Obi-Wan, old Ben, Obi-Wan, old Ben, because they're not dissimilar. How is he struggling with this? He's a fucking idiot. If he is the main character in these stories, how is he such a fucking idiot? Um, and then they want to go and erase R2-D2's memory, which is so sad, because no one wants that. Uh, and I have a little bit of sympathy for Luke, because all he wants to know is all about his dad, and he just keeps getting told by Owen to shut it. But then he finds out that Obi-Wan Kenobi knows his dad, or Ben Kenobi at this point, knew his dad and Obi-Wan Kenobi died at the same time as his dad and they're linked but you don't know why and Luke just wants to know more about his dad and it's just super duper sad 
Uh, and then Luke says, oh, I'm going to leave by the way. Now we've got these drawings and they're up and working. I want to join the academy. What academy? Police academy, Jedi academy, like what kind of academy are we talking here? I want to know, but we'll find out soon. Um, but then Owen, Uncle Owen's just like, do you know what? I, I just want to make the farm a success. You can go once you've pulled and chipped your weight here at the farm. Next year, if you do a good enough job this year, we'll be able to afford better droids and then I don't need you working on the farm. I will give Uncle Owen credit here. He's teaching Luke the life lesson of if you work hard, you will earn your part. And I'm giving him credit here. Like, I really am. Um, then we go and there's a bit of a, a evening shot after dinner and Luke's looking all somber outside and you get this really cool shot of two suns setting in the distance. Good place to live. Really want to live on this planet. Don't know what it's called. Or we know that it's in the middle of nowhere. Um, want to live there. Think of the suntans you'd get in the summer. It'd be great. The warmth, it'd be brilliant. Uh, and then R2, we find out, has run away because uh, Luke hears a noise down by some ship thing and C-3PO pops up and he's like, I told him not to go, I told him not to go. Uh, and I'd like to point out, C-3PO is a bit of a knob at this point because C-3PO promised when they were first coming from the Cinderella mice people, he was like, oh, R2-D2's great. Like, I've worked with him before. He's in tip-top condition, absolutely perfect. Never done anything wrong. He's amazing, beautiful. And then he's like, oh, he has always been a problem, that one. And not cool C3PO, although it does remind me of a time that when I used to manage a bar in Birmingham City Centre and uh, I had a girl that worked for me and really didn't like her and then I got an email one time asking for a reference, it says I should apply for a new job and she wanted me to be a reference so I replied and called up this other company and was like oh my god yeah she's amazing, she's great, she's always on time, she does this, she does that, she does the other um, and then, like, two months after they hired her, I was like, ha suck it, bitches. You took her off my hands because she was shit. So it works. Uh, and then we see this really cool torch bot thing drive through and signalling it's getting dark, I'm assuming, and it is essentially just a light bulb on wheels. But that thing's pretty damn cool. And then we learn that they can't go out there because it's too late at night and the sand people are out there. And I really want to know what the sand people are. Like, I want to know what they look like, and I think I've seen them referenced in Family Guy, where they're talking about doing the Sand People Choir, but I'm not sure if that's them, so please don't spoil it for me or not. But, either way, I is going to have to wait until the next episode. So, just to wrap up what we know so far, then, uh, best character, 100% R2-D2. Uh, essentially, there's a battle versus good versus evil going on, and... Uh, Darth Vader uh, wants the secret plans to the Death Star because he's building it, he doesn't want anyone to interfere. Princess Leia, she's in trouble and she's sent the plans down with R2 to go and find Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, and R2-D2's run away. Uh, definitive ranking of characters so far, R2-D2 is top. Uh, second is probably going to be the extra that dies by the hand of Darth Vader. Third is going to probably torch robot because he's just fucking cool fourth is uh the iguana riding stormtroopers and then last i'm probably going to put in fifth place anyway i am probably going to put um aunt peru for the simple fact of i hope that she is actually very salt all grown up uh so thank you so much for listening um, and I really hope you've enjoyed the show and I really hope you want to get involved so if anyone wants to get involved in any capacity please drop me a tweet um, and just let me know whether it be 
you want to take part in the theme song by playing an instrument or maybe you want to be a guest host I would love nothing more than to have people on and people that know their stuff and really get on board uh, and so they can talk me through some more of the intricate details so please I'm on the active lookout for guest hosts as well um, or maybe you just want to donate a bit of money to a Patreon account and get me a better quality microphone because let's be honest this one is better than the one I used in my previous episode as the introduction but I can always do better uh, and you get some really cool perks if you join the Patreon account. So that's patreon.com forward slash iconic tonic pod. Uh, you can get some really funky perks, um, some of which include that I will send you a birthday slash Christmas card, and who doesn't want that? And I will personalise it and everything. Um, and you will, of course, get a shout out on the podcast as well. So, next release date we are looking at will be Sunday the 17th. So, please tune in then. I'm on track for that. But other than that, I sincerely hope that you guys have a really good week and I shall speak to you soon. Mm-hmm.